On this episode of Music Live Radio, we talk with Rob McCann. He started out his music career playing in bands in the Las Vegas area. He eventually moved to Austin, Texas, and found his own voice as a solo artist under the moniker Trainwreck in Sarasota. Rob tells us his musical story, and we interweave samples of his songs from his new EP, Something to Call My Own, along the way. Rob has also donated his musical skills to our show. He has recorded a new intro for Music Life Radio, and we're going to check it out right now with this episode. I'm your host, Dan Sauter. Thanks for tuning in to Music Life Radio, and enjoy Trainwreck in Sarasota. Music Life Radio. Stories at the intersection of music and life. Hi, my name is Rob McCann. I am the man behind Trainwreck in Sarasota out of Austin, Texas. I'm 21 years old. My childhood was really heavily saturated by music. Um, my dad was a bass player in high school and college. He used to play in some bands. I remember in college he was saying he was in a funk band for a long time. He did some time in music school as well. And so naturally, when me and my two other brothers were growing up, we were very heavily saturated with just, you know, a lot of musical influence, um, anywhere from Emerson, Lake and Palmer to, you know, James Taylor and Kraftwerk and Yes, and, you know, just all these different types of bands. When we were kids, we would all have one day a week where we could just stay up late past our bedtime and hang out with dad. We could either, you know, go up the street for a slice of pizza, watch a movie, whatever, and I remember I always wanted to watch him play bass. And so we'd sit in the living room while my other brothers were sleeping and he'd pull his old, you know, seventies Rickenbacker out from, uh, from under the bed and he'd just sit there and he would just play. And I remember just being so just in awe by that. And that was kind of really what solidified my interest in, in music. Slowly after that, my grandmother had actually gotten me my first guitar. I was eight years old. And uh, along with that, she got me lessons. I didn't really learn too much in those lessons. I mean, how much can you learn when you're, you know, eight years old? At that age, you kind of have the attention span of a goldfish. <laughs> so I really didn't pick up too much. I mean, I learned very, very basic stuff, like, you know, what a quarter note was and what a half note was and whatever. And I'm, I'm sure that was very beneficial. Um, but I remember at that age, I just, I just wanted to rock out. Like, I just wanted to, you know, I just wanted to be a rock star. That was my ultimate goal. Then uh, when I was 11, we all made the cross-country trip to Las Vegas. I started school when I was in Vegas. I started in the fifth grade. And it wasn't until probably the seventh grade where I met a couple other guys and we started our first band, I guess you could call it. Um, it, was, it was just a cover band. I mean, we played you know Blink-182 and Green Day covers. But uh, that was really my first taste of what it was like just working in a band and you know, just the band dynamic in general. Even at that age, I kind of, you know, I wanted to kind of take the band in its own little direction. Like I wanted to write our own songs and whatever. The two guys that I was in that band with weren't really, <laughs> weren't really too fond of that. So uh, they let me go. So that was the first time I ever got kicked out of a band. Then I remember in eighth grade, I started another band. I think we were called something like Disposable Soul or something, something really just awful. And I remember we actually had written one song. The thrill of actually having a, playing a song that we had all written together was very, very cool. Soon after that, the band had split up. And at that point, 
I started ninth grade and I had auditioned into what was the Las Vegas Academy of International Studies Performing and Visual Arts. It was a performing arts high school primarily. Um, it was one of those schools, they called it a magnet school in Vegas. And you, know, you had to audition in and I, I had gone in for the audition and I completely bombed it. So then I went home kind of, you know, <laughs> with my head in my hands and was just really, really disappointed. But uh, sure enough, a couple of weeks later, I got the letter that said I got in and I was just ecstatic. Um, and I learned under the teaching of a man named Bill Swick, who is an absolutely incredible guitar player, started a lot of guitar programs. The guy was just brilliant. The program was mainly focused on classical music, which was fine. I mean, I learned a lot of <laughs> I learned a lot of my chops that way. But, you know, it was one of those things where I didn't really realize, you know, at the time how pigeonholed I was going to be in one particular genre. It was just it was very heavily saturated in just classical music. I mean, we played some jazz and, you know, some rock, you know, stuff like like Queen and Zeppelin and stuff like that sometimes. But, you know, it was kind of hard to transpose that into kind of an ensemble setting and for it to all sound good. Um, but around that time was actually when I started my first real band. I had met a guy named Brian. He was a really, really nice guy, really quiet dude. And I had met him through my mom. And he would come over and, you know, just he'd bring his guitar and we'd just sit there and jam. Would never say a word to each other, but we'd just sit there and just play guitar. We never really had an actual conversation, probably until a couple weeks after we started this band. Um, and then he brought me over to his friend Nick's house. And Nick's house is where the, the studio was at. And Nick was the drummer. And his dad, I guess, had been in bands before he was a really he was a really nice guy he was an alcoholic and uh <laughs> smoked a lot of weed but he was a very very cool dude and uh he had basically turned his one car garage made into basically a studio it had all the trimmings and accoutrements that any budding young musician starting a band would have wanted i mean pa system amplifiers you know a, a wall of guitars mixing board everything it was a very very cool experience I met Nick at that point, who was the drummer, absolutely incredible technical drummer, self-taught too, which was fantastic. Um, and then I, we brought our buddy Chris into the band who played bass. And uh, we called ourselves, I think at first we called ourselves Eightfold Path. I remember our first show we played, our set was maybe four songs long, plus a cover. So, And I mean, it was a really, really awesome experience. I, I really love playing with those guys, and I still kind of keep in contact with them today. They're really, really awesome you know, awesome. Cause you know, I learned, you know, the real band dynamic and, you know, really kind of grew as a musician during that point. The The thing was though, it was, it was kind of weird because while I liked coming together with these three other guys and playing music that we all really, really enjoyed and that I enjoyed writing, it was, it was weird in that I never, I always wanted to take, you know, the songs that we were writing and things like that into is one particular direction, which was kind of like the mellower kind of, I mean, still rock, but kind of like a mellower, almost deftonesy, but a little bit laid back kind of way. And they were really focused on being, you know, a metal band or a hardcore band or whatever. And it was, you know, I had a lot of my ideas shot down at that point, just because, you know, I wanted to take it in a direction that, you know, they didn't necessarily agree with. Um, and that kind of upset me. And we played together for a while and, you know, played maybe three or four shows after that. But it was just a little, it was, I just never really got comfortable 
with the whole thing. You know what I mean? And I didn't know where else, you know, what else I was supposed to do, where else I was supposed to go. So I kind of dealt with it and just kind of let it, you know, just kind of let the whole thing go. When this band got started, it met a guy named Marcel, and he was a guy who had played in a band that lived actually right up the road from where we practiced. Really nice bunch of guys. They were in a, a band called See Through. Uh, Marcel kind of took me under his wing and kind of became my mentor in in a lot of ways. I mean, he would always hang out during practice and really tell me how I could uh, progress as a musician and. You know, he really kind of helped me, well, really find my voice, kind of find my niche in all of that. I mean, he was the vocalist in the band and, you know, had pointed me in the direction of, you know, vocal coaches and things like that. Because, I mean, I was singing and playing guitar in this band, but playing guitar was no problem. But the singing was still a little shaky. Um, I was kind of forced into it because <laughs> we didn't really have a singer and uh, didn't really want to look for one. And that's kind of where I really kind of learned to sing as well. But uh, but yeah, he kind of he helped us book a lot of shows and you know helped us out as far as you know giving us you know or letting us borrow you know equipment and stuff like that when we were recording our demos. We recorded maybe 
two demos while we were together in that band. The guy was just really, really cool. And then after the band split up, you know, I kind of lost contact with him, but still, you know, in the era of MySpace and Facebook, it was relatively easy to kind of keep tabs on him um, and, you know, get advice when I needed it. Yeah, like I said, uh, the band was kind of on and off after that. We played a couple shows and then we broke up and then we got back together and then didn't play any shows. Kind of, we tried several times to take it into a different direction and it never really, never really had that drive. It it was just, it was kind of disappointing. And so we just kind of laid low and we still hung out and, you know, played songs and whatever, but it was never really anything serious, which kind of left me in a tough spot because now it's just like, you know, I could start another band, but being in a band is kind of uncomfortable for me. You know, what do I do? But around that time after the band split up, it was probably between my junior or senior year of high school, I had actually played my first open mic, um, which was right up the street from where I was living at the time. And that was a really cool experience. I only played cover songs. I hadn't really given a thought to writing my own songs at that point. I had sat down and, you know, learned a bunch of cover songs and went in and played. And it was just really, really cool. The the reception that I got from the people that were there was just really, really welcoming and really, you know, it was very warm and positive. And, you know, it was, it was definitely an eye opener for me. Um, that's when kind of, I first really considered actually, you know, playing my own songs, really just me and my guitar. So then after, after high school was the summer I was working a lot and, uh, you know, the band tried to get back together again. Um, I ended up starting another band with my older brother you know, the drummer and the guitar player, Brian and Nick from my old band. And, uh, my brother played bass as well. And we, we, it was an interesting dynamic between the two of us as well, because we could harmonize with each other really well. Cause we were related. And then we brought in this guy, this other guy, Chris, who we had met just a couple weeks before, uh, from the internet. We were more of a, uh, kind of a, a rise against almost type of band. We had, you know, really, really fast you know, heavy tracks and then kind of laid back tracks as well. We were called uh, Killing Madison. Uh, we never we played one show and it was kind of impromptu. It was at a bar. I mean, it was it was cool enough. I really I really thought it was you know, it was a nice little run and it was a lot of fun. But like I said, it was I had a little bit more creative control in that band, but I still never really got comfortable. I you know was kind of turned off by the whole band thing at that point. And then you know we of course split up after that. I did my first year of college, started playing more and more open mics with more and more cover songs. Um, there was a place actually across the street from my, uh, my college that did open mics once a week. And so I just go down there all the time. And at that point was when I really first decided, you know, maybe I'll start writing my own music. And that's when I really seriously considered it. So I wrote maybe a couple songs and I never really played them out anywhere. So I wasn't really sure how would they, you know, how they would blow over. After that first year, I uh, I kind of ran into some personal issues, just as far as family and things like that. I decided that uh, I was going to go move to uh, Oklahoma with my dad and my stepmom, and uh, kind of fix things over that way. It was it was the right decision to make. It wasn't one that I wanted to make, and. Um, you know, didn't really have very many friends. <laughs> I was kind of adopted by my younger brother and a lot of his friends because his friends were were big into music too. Um, his friend Jordan, Jordan's dad, runs this church, one of the bigger churches in town. Uh, Jordan and his brother Caleb used to play in the worship band 
Um, <laughs> so they had a whole bunch of gear over at this church and they were like, you know, come on down, whatever. So it was me and my younger brother, Ryan, who he played the violin and he was really, really good. He has, he has, and it still does. He has a lot of talent, but we would go play down at this church, maybe, you know, once, twice a week. And it was a lot of fun. It was kind of like jam bandy a little bit. And, um, never really, never actually wrote songs or whatever, but we just kind of hung out and we would play, you know, the same riff for like 20 minutes and, you know, everybody would solo and blah, 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 blah. It was just really, really, it was a lot of fun. And that's when I kind of first got back into, you know, playing again. To kind of backtrack a little, this was right before I moved to Oklahoma. I got a phone call from my buddy Chris, who was the bass player in that first real band. And he had called me up and said that uh, Marcel had uh, he had gotten really deep into drugs there for a while. He had called me up and said that uh, he hung himself. And at that point, that was really kind of a blow to my whole musical world, really, for a guy that kind of took all of us under his wing, you know, especially me, and kind of tried to push us in the right direction and, you know, just kind of grow and, you know, progress as musicians all of a sudden, you know, is not with us anymore, was really, really tough. Here was this really, really positive person. You know, here was my, you know, my musical, you know, guide and who taught me basically everything I knew or, you know, as far as, you know, just developing and progressing and he's just not around anymore. And at that point, I seriously debated whether or not I was gonna, I was going to continue playing. It was that big of a deal for me. I was floating in and out of this weird melancholy, you know, not really sure where my life was going. I mean, you know, life has its ups and downs, but I mean, when you're so just lost, you know, you really don't know, you know, what's going on. On top of that, I mean, I've struggled with, you know, depression issues and things like that for most of my life. So that probably didn't help very much either. Um, <laughs> And 
that's when I'd find myself you know, sitting in my parents' basement, just me and my guitar, and I'd just sit there and just start playing, coming up with lyrics in my head and just spitting them out. And that's really actually when I started writing, writing my own music. And then it was shortly after that, you know, going through these waves of emotions, really, after I finally kind of stabled out a little bit, I can remember sitting downstairs and I was just coming up with a riff in my head and I just started, you know, jamming on it. And I remember, you know, I don't even know what exactly happened, but the the lyrics to the song just kind of came out of me. And it was just a very, well, really spiritual experience, honestly. Everything that I was feeling at the time kind of came out all at once. And it was very, it was very moving and very, I was actually really shaken up at the end. And I mean, it's just a song, but at the end of just, you know, dumping all of this stuff just out, I was just like, you know, I had to put down the guitar and just kind of sit there and just be like, you know, try and get a hold of myself. And at that point it was, it really kind of became clear, like what I needed to do. I found it. It's almost like finding an old childhood relic that you've been, you know, looking for your entire life and then you finally found. It was kind of the same feeling. It was just a very warm, very enlightening experience and feeling because that's when I realized, holy shit, like I can do this. This is incredible. Like I actually, that came out of me, what just happened. And it was good. And I realized at that point that if I write, you know, my own songs and my own music, all of that emotion that I've had just building up, I can throw that into a song and no one can take it and mess with it. Like, I own that. That's mine. And no one can tell me what sounds good or what doesn't because I know what sounds good and what doesn't and what I want to express, as, you know, musically and lyrically. And at that point, I was just like, you know what? There it is. There's no, there's no doubt in my mind what needs to happen now. So I began really just writing, you know, just writing and writing and writing and writing. Um, and my parents had gotten me uh, one Christmas, they'd gotten me a Pro Tools bundle for Christmas. It, you know, it had little inbox and the speakers and whatever. And I just loaded Pro Tools up on my computer and just started recording. And that's when I kind of got the idea to, you know, record my first album. It started off as an album and ended up being an EP, which I just finished. I titled it. Uh, something to call your own. So yeah, and then after that, I just kind of, you know, my parents said, I was almost 21 at that point, and they said, you know, once you turn 21, it's really, you know, it's really about time you start looking for a place to live, you know, on your own. And, uh, you know, I did some searching, and I remember being in, you know, coming to Austin way back when for a, you know, a vacation, and just falling in love with the place. Like, it's the live music capital of the world, and I know if I want to play live music, this is where I need to be. You know, I did some searching and, you know, found an apartment and sure enough, you know, here I am. Yeah, I'm just, I'm trying, I'm doing the best I can, you know, trying to make ends meet. And I play this open mic down at this pizza shop by the college called the Mellow Mushroom. They have an open mic once a week and it's a very warm, really welcoming environment. And those people are really, really awesome. So I find myself there about once a week, just belting out my tunes. As far as songwriting goes, though, it... It's weird how it works because I don't really have a set formula for it. Um, a lot of times I'll start with an idea that I already have in my head. And I mean, that can be either, you know, musically or lyrically. 
And I haven't really found, they both kind of work equally in their own right. I haven't really found one that works better than the other. It just kind of all depends on how my mind works at that point and where I'm taking my inspiration from. I mean, I can, and sometimes it's very impromptu. There's a song on the EP called Droning uh, that I recorded when I was still living in Oklahoma. I had taken my younger brother's Casio keyboard, you know, just put it on like the string, the orchestra, you know, string swell and kind of played two chords. And then, um, you know, so I recorded that part and there was like five or six minutes of that. And then, you know, just plugged in my electric guitar and just kind of wailed on it a little bit. You know, as far as, you know, just really heavy guitar, but still kind of keeping it, you know, kind of kind of low-key, kind of ambient, but still, you know, still having that, that little bit of an edge that kind of grabs you. Some songs, a couple songs on this uh, on this EP that took me, you know, a week each to write. But then again, there's you know a couple there's you know one song on there that took me three months to write. You know, because I want to make sure that I'm completely happy with something before I put it out. And I mean, you know, and take an idea and you sit on it for a little while. It's bound to get better as you you know grab more and more inspiration from different places. Just you know, I constantly take around a you know, a pad of paper and a pen and just kind of wait until that one particular moment hits me. And when it does, I just go with it. You know, I'm just trying to make ends meet at this point. So I'm really just trying to do my best to kind of keep everything together, but still trying to keep, you know, my music in there as well. Cause I mean, that's music is my life and, you know, without it, you know, who knows where I'd be at. Um, certainly wouldn't be the same person. So I want to make sure that that is always, you know, that's always on my list of, that's always on my to-do list. You know what I mean? If, if you're looking for more information about me, um, you can go to myspace.com slash train wreck in Sarasota. That's where you're going to find uh, some songs that I've recorded that are, that are on the EP. I've only got a couple on there now. 
check out the songs, and I really hope you guys enjoy them. On top of that, I also have a blog that I don't necessarily keep up with, but uh, I still post, you know, I post some interesting stories on there sometimes. Like I remember I wrote a story several months ago about busking on the street for the first time. Um, So that's up there. And it's kind of an interesting read if you kind of want to see what makes me tick. Um, And that's at lifeindminor.blogspot.com. D minor is hyphenated. On top of that, I also have a Twitter. If you go to twitter.com slash trainwreck underscore Rob. All right. Thanks a lot. Take it easy. Thanks again to Rob McCann, also known as Trainwreck in Sarasota. We're going to close with one of his songs entitled Tonight, which is on his new EP, Something to Call My Own. Thanks again for checking out Music Live Radio, and we'll catch you next time.
And a final comment from Rob about the youth of today. At that age, you kind of have the attention span of a goldfish.